Football card collecting and investing. It's what we do, man. I don't want to shout out everyone for helping us grow this show and growing the Fantasy Football Card Quest Network. And Andy, today you have been putting in a lot of work for hype cycles and hype index. So what is the biggest takeaway with all the latest research you've done when it comes to those few topics? Yeah, when it comes to those few topics, the the biggest takeaways, man, about the hype index is that you, you can't just look at a player's projected uh, fantasy output or even their projected right. real NFL output, which is, you know, how fantasy points are derived. But you've got to look at their rookie status. You've got to look at their Hall of Fame marker. You've got to look at the media events surrounding this player, like how likable and popular they are off the field and the kind of things that they're into off the field apply big time in the hobby and you've also got to look at that market size of the team so it, it, all those factors are into the hype index that that really um matter they matter a lot in the hobby carter yeah and what's interesting if you are watching on youtube you get to see an example of what andy put together here you know the the most important thing for me is for people to understand that there are so many different variables when it comes to football cards compared to fantasy football right you know in fantasy football you have a player they put up a certain amount of points you know what the metrics are football cards is different you have markets you have money involved and that's why andy price is so very important when it comes to putting together this hype index but more importantly when it comes to whoever listening to this is actually going to buy a card it's very important mm -hmm. to make sure you consider all the different factors yeah because you take you take this right which bakes in their their expectation for 2022 like how well they expect it to perform and you can kind of gauge that by you know fantasy football analysis but then you take their overall performance rank, which carries over from how they did in 2021. You also look at the power ranking of their team that they're on. What does ESPN and NFL.com say as their projected uh, Super Bowl odds for 2022? Um, and then you look at their rookie status, which we know is very important because that drives that fear of missing out. The younger they are, the more unknown right. they are, the more excited people can get. Uh, more easily uh, and then of course their hall of fame marker status that's why you know you can see that little blue candlestick there for tom brady is taller by far than any of the other quarterbacks um, and then of course the market size but then you've got to take this and you've got to compare com uh, you've got to go to ebay and compare the rookie card sold value of or the the veteran card sold value of these cards and find comparable scarcity cards to look at what they've recently sold for to really find your buy low target. So just because Tom Brady is the number one on this chart does not mean he's the guy you should be investing in because his cards, as we know, are very expensive. So um, you also have to do that, that research of looking at what the card values are currently uh, selling at to kind of find your buy low target. Yeah. And look, the prices are sometimes baked into the player already. Right. Let's just say whoever out there is the biggest believer in Justin Herbert, that he is going to be the next Tom Brady. 
well, if you watched a few episodes ago, the biggest determining factor when you did another price analysis with um, with, with the, uh, the charts was getting to the Super Bowl. That is the number one thing that can really blow up a quarterback's hype cycle. You got to ask yourself this question. Justin Herbert, can he get to the Super Bowl next year with the Chargers? Absolutely he can. It's going to be really hard because that Russell Wilson guy is still in there. And Andy, you and I were discussing this just a few minutes ago before we started recording. I know this is cliche, but you should always zig when everyone else zags, right? And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Trey Lance rookie ticket autos go for no less than 800 a pop. We've seen Trevor Lawrence rookie ticket autos go for no less than 800 a pop. We've yet to see them actually even really play or even play well. Whereas you have a guy like Russell Wilson who's already won a Super Bowl. You can see his PSA 10 and he has PSA 10 rookie ticket autos. There were bids and sellings of that card for $2,500. And I know that sounds exponentially more than the cards I just mentioned, but Obviously, Russell Wilson's rookie ticket auto is more scarce, and PSA mm-hmm. didn't can't get any better than that. So I understand it is uh, for a lot of people, Andy. Everyone wants to go to the hot thing, the new releases. But sometimes it's very important to really put into work and see if you can get opportunities such as that one to buy a legendary player who, you know, obviously with Russell Wilson, he's still playing. You could still get that Super Bowl factor if the Broncos somehow make the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's it's a pretty amazing thing, Andy. Whenever you find deals such as that one and and uh, make moves such as that one, it, it just feels so great in your heart. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. There, there's a lot of safety in that that Russell Wilson card, and you know, it's it, you can see it here in the chart because you notice that the the rookie element is not there with Russell Wilson, right? Right. Um, we're also coming off of a bad season for him. So his overall performance rank from last year wasn't great. You know, he had the biggest injury of his career and, and missed what, like uh, about six weeks. So a lot of those factors are, um, you know, that that's what's driving his card value down. Uh, those are going under the radar. Um, but look, he's in one of the top, my, my second top tier of quarterbacks, right, with Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. So w- when you look at the power ranking of the Denver Broncos, I mean, yeah, I think that this is a very safe investment when you compare the scarcity of his rookie ticket auto compared to that of Trevor Lawrence, who's the smallest market size in, in the nation, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. A very slim, slim, slim possibility of them making the playoffs uh, you know, so the really the only thing Trevor Lawrence has got going for him is the rookie status and the draft pedigree. Yeah. And the new coach and something else that is very key, Andy. All right. So a lot of people can't actually see this chart right now, but this is what being the new shining thing can do to a product. Because if you are looking at this graph, it is in very small print. But mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, who was the biggest story in the NFL. Now, once again, there's extracurriculars and you know, we won't get into that, but. What's really interesting is Kyle Trask has a higher hype index than that of Deshaun Watson. And that lets you know what the rookie status can do to a card. Uh, so that is really fascinating. And this is why we do this show, because I made this mistake where I poured a lot of money into Joe Burrow college uniform cards and Andy once again told me to sell those, and that's how we became friends. I just told the story about how we started this all together. Um, but that's why it's very important to 
to look at these prices, right? So in other words, if you are sitting on a Kyle Trask card, he's not playing anytime soon. Sell that son of a gun, right? Don't what, what are you doing? Sell it now. Stop listening to this podcast because we want to help you make money. Sell that Kyle Trask card right the you know what now, right? That's why it's very important, Andy, to, to look at that and strike when the market is hot. Yeah, there's a likely possibility that the minute Kyle Trask steps foot on an NFL field and plays an actual down in a real NFL game, his card values are going to go down from where they're at now. Um, and that's just the the speculation, the fact that he's he hasn't played in a regular NFL game on an NFL field. We're going off the limited time we saw from him at the University of Florida, where he has a lot of comparables to Joe Burrow's uh, season from 2019, except without the, the national championship and everything. Uh, so, But the, that's the kind of stuff that people are currently drawing. But the minute he steps foot on the field, that's when, you, not to mention the fact that whenever that time does happen, whenever Tom Brady does decide to retire or, or God forbid, uh, you know, he gets injured. But, you know, that's when the Kyle Trask stock is likely to go down because the expectations are, are sky high at the present moment, coupled with the scarcity, the limited supply of his rookie product in a professional uniform. That's why. And the Bucks have, you know, they're one of the best teams in the NFL when Tom Brady is on the roster. So that's what's, you know, boosting him up the hype index chart right now. Yeah. And look, a few things I want to get to when it comes to the rookie class. The first thing, obviously, is in football cards, it doesn't always correlate when you play really well that the price of the cards actually go up, right? Like there's plenty of examples even outside of the sport of football where, you know, the price of a card correlated with performance, right? Like, you know, the most famous example of this was in a different sport, Zion Williamson, where his PSA 10 prism cards were going for a lot of money. He played and his prices pretty much stayed the same. And to use a football example here, Andy, is Josh Allen, right? PSA 10, Prism Josh Allen base cards before the season were going for over $900. Now you could get one for in the 600, 700 range. Just because, and, and Josh Allen played as well as he possibly could in the playoffs. And he's got as much mm -hmm. hype as anyone. And they just got Von Miller and Stefan Diggs took less money uh, to stay with the team. Well, you know what? There was a shift in the actual version of the card where, you know, base wasn't as important as rarity and autos and patches. So that's why, you know, you do these hype indexes, Andy, and you do all this content. And this is why we do the show is that just because you got that PSA 10 prism Josh Allen at 900 and he played obviously amazing this past year, doesn't mean that card is going to go for 1500. So even Trevor Lawrence right now, let's say he goes out there and just balls out of control. There's no promise that even his prism cards go up or down because of it. Yeah, and, and we talked about last week uh, the new product coming out here in just a couple weeks, Prism yeah. Optics Select. We're talking major, major releases that are going into retail stores everywhere. So there is going to be a lot of it flooding the marketplace over the next several months heading into September. Um and, and it's like, it's just, here's the thing. Josh Allen was the number one quarterback again last year, you know, in terms of projected expectation or projected 
performance right. heading into 2021. What happened week one? They lost to the freaking Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers, Steelers in week one. And it was like, oh, my God, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Bills are not who we thought they were. And now, of course, they bounced back from him. The, uh, Josh Allen ended up having some incredible miraculous games, including the playoffs like you talked about, uh, and finished as a QB1 again. But winning goes a long ways. Like, you can be the greatest uh, fantasy player all day, but if your team's not winning – then ultimately that's going to that's gonna hold your card values back from going up because we've seen that the playoffs and the Super Bowl drive card values up like no other event. It is the number one uh, hype-driven event in the football card market. It is. And, Andy, obviously, you know, with the hype cycle, um, you know, we are, we are just looking at quarterbacks, but obviously, you know, this can translate to other positions. Now, I will give uh, a cliffhanger here. I'm going to give two quarterback plays at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay till the very end. And if you are enjoying this football card content, five-star review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Now, Andy, as far as, you know, just your overall hype analysis, we gave a little bit of an overview. Um, what what are some, uh, obviously some factors that go into it as rookie status, what mm-hmm. you've done as a player, market size, prices, and all of that. So there is so much that goes into your calculations what have you taken away not only from from quarterbacks but just wide receivers and running backs as this football market has stayed hot? Well, as you can see, that there there is no comparable to Tom Brady. I mean, right. he truly is uh, in a league of his own from from his Hall of Fame marker status and what he does for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so, he, I mean, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen can't even keep up with the guy because of what he's already done on the field uh, and the limited scarcity around his cards from his rookie card. I mean, literally a, a fraction like a 40th of, you know, the Rick cards available for him. But I'll say my biggest takeaway is that these are off-season rankings. So the one thing that we don't have is previous week's performance, like what their current record is, you know, where, what their current standing is in the NFL. And so uh, th- those are major. So once the season starts, all of a sudden the expectation turns to a negative number that takes away from the current week's production. You know, so if in, in, in currently right now, you know, if I have uh, Tom Brady um, ranked as my in my second tier of production quarterback, which a lot of fantasy analysts are ranking Tom Brady, you'll see him routinely go at the back end of a, the first round in a super flex uh, fantasy draft right now, best ball fantasy draft. Uh, right. And so if he comes out and the, the, the first week finishes as the QB 20, you know, and the Bucks lose you're going to see a dip in his card prices that following week because now all of a sudden we've got to take away the expectation from what his current production was. And we could end with a negative number. He's going to drop significantly in that chart if Justin Herbert goes out and wins, Josh Allen goes out and wins, and they finish as top five, top 10 QBs, um, you know, and exceed those expectations. So that's the biggest takeaway from the chart right now. Now, uh, what I what I do find very interesting is I can – pinpoint guys like Kyle Trask and say, you know, if I can find deals on a guy like that, or if like there's several guys on here that jump out at me that I think uh, I, I know you want to talk about as well later in this episode, but, um, and, and they're really driven by the, some of the, some of the rookie status, some of the projected output combined with the market size and the power ranking of the team that I think people are uh, allowing to be, you know, just flying under the radar. I love it. And for me, Andy, obviously, you know, quarterbacks run the hobby and, you know, wide receivers. It's very important to keep that in mind, but also 
running backs, you know, just overall, we've done a lot of running back content on this channel over the past couple of weeks. I stay away from running backs uh, if they are overpriced. I do think there are some very interesting running backs to look into, but obviously we're focusing mostly on quarterbacks for right now. Um, I do want to move on before we get into some specific plays that, that we would recommend people looking into. I do want to talk about a lot of your research you've done recently on grading companies. So Andy, you, you've done a deep dive on obviously PSA, SGC, CSG, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. What was your major takeaway as obviously PSA is open back up for $50 submissions, but you, you got to get lucky. It's like a lottery, yeah. whatever. So what, what, what was yeah. your major takeaway from, from, yeah, you got to get lucky. My major takeaway is this. If you can get a PSA 10, like if you can guarantee yourself, you're going to get a PSA 10 on a $50 submission and you're not going to go over that $999 declared value which would then bump you up into one of the higher tiers and PSA does do their own comping on eBay by the way um so so they're looking at that and that's what that whole happened with the Mark's card incident so if you can get a PSA 10 that $50 is going to be well worth your while in most cases we're talking rookie ticket autos for skill position guys you know of course uh even base cards for some of the elite quarterbacks a PSA 10 is going to be worth your while. Uh, however, that's only going to happen about 50% of the time. The data that right. I, I looked at, um, and shout out to David Hunter for pulling, helping me pull this data, is that uh, on modern product, an ultra modern product, the, the percentage t- of time that you're getting a 10 is only about 50%. You know, so, so that's a coin toss. And for $50 to only have a 50% chance of getting a 10, and that's with good pre-grading process, you know, looking at a lighted microscope or just being very aware of what to look for in terms of corners, edges, centering, and surface, you know, it's a slim chance, right? So what I do is I look at companies like SGC, $30 a car, 20, 25 business days. Now, all of a sudden, you have a higher declared value as well with them, up to $1,500 at that service. You get an SGC 10. It's going to be worth more than a PSA 9. You have a little bit a higher probability to get an SGC 10 if you're doing pre-grading properly and, and and then your resale value is going to be it's going to be well worth your while who's changing the game carter is csg right, right. i didn't even talk about beckett because most of their service options are closed down it takes a while it's a hundred dollars minimum per card uh, and it's just really uh, nobody's really submitting to them right now not not a, a lot of people i think there's some people submitting to them maybe at card shows if they're there live and stuff right you know, doing some of that five-hour turnaround grade um, but CSG is changing the game. They've, they've redesigned their label, Carter. No more green label with that. the big fat, you know, subgrades and, and the grade on the side. Their label looks a lot more like SGC now. It's black border. They've got the big number for the grade. They've also decided that every 9.5 that's currently in their database, they're going to re-slab that for you for a $5 fee and make it a 10. So... Whereas before the uh, CSG 10 was unobtainable, the highest grade they virtually gave out was a 9.5, kind of like Beckett, how the the BGS 10 is virtually unobtainable. There's very few of those out there. Now it's more of a PSA 10, SGC 10, and now a CSG 10. And the thing is, CSG has bulk submission offers available. You can submit 50 cards for $12 a card up to $250 declared value 
But for a lot of this, us, this fits perfectly into like our skill position type of players, right. um, you know, rookie ticket autos that we're picking up for $30, $40, $50, even numbered cards and nice cards. Um, and, and then they have, obviously, they have like a $25 and a $30 tier that has a higher declared value and stuff. But those are very interesting service options. You also know that CSG is backed by the largest paper and coin grading companies in the world. Uh, so, and they're doing the eBay authenticity guarantee. So they're intertwined with the hobby big time. I think their yeah. stock is going to continue to rise. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think anyone liked the slabs. I know that they were thinner or whatever. I don't think I've ever even held one of the slabs, to be honest. Like, I just didn't, I've, I've never bought one. Never. I did like the redesign. I was able to get a, a, a look-see at that. Um, I, I do like SGC a lot. Like it's, it's grown on me. Right. And it's not just the fact that they're huge, you know, they, they slab to feel like Honus Wagner cards and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I just like the way that they look, it's grown on me now for me, PSA and, and Beckett's labs. I know this is very, uh, run of the mill chalk. What I'm about to say, I do think their slabs are the best, but, Man, SGC has grown on me. CSG has grown on me as well. I do think, Andy, there are some other potential people joining in that that could be that next company. I know uh, Dallas Card Investors, DCI, has very interesting slabs, and their raw review cards do go for a lot. And I do see uh, their raw review. So for those that don't know what a raw review is, they do a raw review at like a show or you could just send it to them and they give you what they think the card would grade at a company. And I do see a lot of correlation uh, just anecdotally here, but I do see a lot of correlation that they're right. So they said, look, I, mm. we're just going to slab our own cards, which I found to be very interesting. Uh, but th there's always going to be new people coming in and look, Andy, you you've supported other new companies and all that stuff. Mm. The bottom line is it's kind of like with, the way we want running backs and wide receiver cards to be closer to what quarterbacks get as much as we want it. It doesn't mean that it's going to change. The same thing comes with graded cards. PSA is just so far ahead of everybody else when it comes to their prices. So my next question for you, Andy is once again, with the lower submission levels and other people being open to other grading companies have you with your price analysis research seen something that would tell you that psa isn't it, like the gap between everyone else and psa is going to close and uh, it, it it may get tighter i think it right. may get tighter as uh, hobbyists get more and more knowledgeable um, and get more familiar with the grading processes of sgc of csg you know, they're all using some form of AI-assisted grading nowadays. Right. Um, and, and this is actually, I think this is bringing the grading companies closer together. Now, it's still a lot of its reputation, its brand loyalty. You know, it's it's the reason why you have certain, like, it's the reason why you have certain foods in the grocery store that sell incredibly well. And people continue to buy and buy it, even though there's a box of food right next to it that tastes way better. It's just a brand that, you know, you haven't heard of, you know, it doesn't have that brand loyalty. So until you try it, and of course we have this big dichotomy in the hobby of being a collector and not concerned with the value of the card at all. And just wanting it encapsulated 
in a, in a nice holder, a nice slab, right. if you will, to put on your wall or whatever. And then there's the investment side of it, which is really driven by the PSA 10. That's still the flagship grade that still holds the highest value just because BGS 10s and SGC 10 gold labels are so unobtainable. And then you have BGS 9.5s and SGC 10s right around there. And the CSG 10s, I think, are going to, I think are going to fall right into the fold with the SGC 10 and the BGS 9.5. Now, I think that gap has got to, it's got to close as, as investors yeah. kind of branch out and experiment a little bit more. They get an SGC slab in their hands. They get a CSG slab in their hands. Um, I think that gap has got to close a little bit. I'm just not sure, you know, to what extent it's, it's, it's going to require quite a few people out there in the hobby to, um, you know, to take that leap of faith with a different grading company outside of PSA and, and the PSA 10. Yeah, and it doesn't help that a lot of people are gr- cracking uh, BGS 9s and 9.5s and those cards turning into PSA 10s, right? It doesn't help that PSA has, you know, the reputation that they don't grade as strict as the other companies. You would think it would be the other way around that, you know, the the other companies would that that aren't as prestigious as, as PSA or aren't worth as much as PSA. You would think that their grading standards would be different. So you do see Andy people crossing over and all of that. I'm not a big fan of that, uh, you know, because that. I, I didn't get into the hobby to get pliers out to <laughs> have surgery and crack slabs and all that stuff. It's just not me. Like if you sell me a card in the HGA slab, I'm I'm going to keep it in the HGA slab, right? It's just mm-hmm. not. And then cracking it, making sure you don't scratch it and then subbing it and then waiting for it again. It's just not me. It's just not me. So, you know, I, I I know a lot of people see that. I actually do get asked about that. Like, why is that person got pliers and taking it to that plastic whatever? Huh? 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 It just doesn't. It, it's it's not for me. I understand the money behind it. I understand why people do it. it it's just something that it's not that big a deal to me. I'm a fan of cards, not grading companies, and I think most people would agree with that now andy for me hobby tip of the week um i'm gonna start here if you bid on a card be ready to pay for it okay it's a big controversy about this john cena color blast card once again a different sport but someone didn't pay because the color blast first auction that got to market went for like 12K and the other ones were going for 8K. And the person on eBay said, well, I can't justify actually paying you when the other ones are going for 4,000. That's BS. If you commit to buying a card, okay, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Don't give me the, the dog did it. My kid did it. They got a hold of the phone, especially if it's a higher end card. If you bid on it, Andy, pay for it. Bottom line, end of story. Bottom line, end of story. Yeah, you got to, man. You got to to maintain the integrity of the hobby. I mean, this is just, um, you know, this is. <laughs> I mean, this is just a fundamental rule of doing ethical 
fair business um and, and you know building that rep building that reputation each one of us have a reputation to uphold within the hobby uh and it's just plain old good business practice if you're going to bid on it be prepared to pay for it and the thing is like yes you should be knowledgeable that this is the only listing on ebay and there is going to be a lot of people you know potentially bidding on it but this is a brand new product so there could be more on ebay in the next week or two be aware that you're paying more because this is the first one released this is the first one on ebay and this is the only one as of right now and you've got to understand that yeah this comes out of a pack of cards that people are ripping like right now as we talk so you know there could be another one ripped in in tomorrow and then it goes up on ebay and so those are the kind of things just like you know <laughs> you got to be aware of and you can't hold that uh, against somebody if, if, if you're bidding on it you got to pay for it man yeah and the set the second part of that is let's say you do pull this color blast card okay uh some of you're looking at it now it wasn't ever listed on ebay for for 50 dollars. the guy ended up just doing a 99 cent let it ride no reserve and uh it went for twelve thousand, and other sales came in for eight thousand. and that's why the buyer didn't end up paying for it he just said i can't justify no you committed to paying it so that's the bottom line the second thing I would say is with new release cards, understand, once again, I know it, it it seems so sucky to pull a Trevor Lawrence card and not actually get to see him play the next year. But, you know, with new releases, Andy, sometimes the best time to list it is just to list it and don't even do a seven-day auction, do a one-day auction, do a three-day auction. And, you know, that means your card is selling the fastest. Mm -hmm. Or, as we oftentimes say on the channel, not really big auction fans in general. Buy it now, set your price, and whatever happens, happens. So the, the inverse of that is also true, Andy. You know, could the seller have done a one-day or a three-day with the Cena card? Potentially, yeah. But just keep in mind that the hype cycle for certain sets of cards is also very important. Yeah, very very important because uh new newer the product when it's Im first immediately released that is when it is the hottest and people are going on ebay see what's available and if you've got the ebay one of one the only one on there people are going to pay more for that you can charge more for that i like you know i like to do the buy it nows carter they also have that button now on ebay that says require immediate payment i don't mess around anymore i'm clicking that button so because I've also had the experience of where people will make an offer or buy it now and then not pay. And I'm like, seriously, seriously. Uh, and then I end up having to cancel the transaction, potentially cost myself uh, five to seven days. And during the season, this could be extremely detrimental to the value of a card if you're trying to seize a nice little you know, demand spike from a, a big game or something. Uh, and so to avoid that, click buy it now click that little under preferences click that little require immediate payment button you don't have to mess with that man plays of the week andy i'm gonna let you go first go around ahead my friend all right well i mean uh so of course i've got my eye on a lot of skill position guys Let's go. um uh is your play of the week gonna be a quarterback yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna do qbs yeah okay 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 well, then I'm going to go to the running back position. Uh, and I'm going to talk about NFC North team. The NFC North is wide open. You've got the Bears in complete rebuild mode. You've got the Detroit Lions who finished 
almost dead last last year. They're going to be a little bit better this year, I think, but they're still in rebuild mode as well with Jared Goff behind center. Then you've got uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, the guy I want to talk about is A.J. Dillon on the Green Bay Packers. I'm going back to A.J. Dillon because I've seen his values going considerably lower. You look at, uh, for example, Jonathan Taylor, who finished as the number one RB. A lot of people still have him ranked as the number one RB in a run-heavy offense um, in Indianapolis for 2022. But his value and, and his values are like uh, $350 for a raw silver prism auto card. Well, you look at A.J. Dillon on the Green Bay Packers. Big market size. We know that adds a lot. Same age as Jonathan Taylor. Probably less career carries than Jonathan Taylor. Actually, I'm pretty certain of that. And you've got the Green Bay Packers who lost Devontae Adams, uh, which is a game changer. So I think that they probably are going to run the ball a little bit more. A.J. Dillon took over more and more targets last year. He showed to be competent in the receiving game. Um, Aaron Jones is now going to be like, 29 this year something like that 28 or 29 so he's getting older and aj Dillon was taking more and more carries away from him more and more routes run away from him to where it was almost aj Dillon 50 percent aaron jones 50 percent and uh aj Dillon was getting high value touches and routes run as well so he's sneaking his way in there to take over that backfield aaron jones also the way he signed his contract I think that he's probably going to be out after 2022. So, you know, you have that going for A.J. Dillon as well. And A.J. Dillon's in the hobby, running Dillon's deals, you know, breaking football cards, getting Justin Herbert to sign his cards and, you know, doing PSA reveals and all kinds of cool stuff. So, like, A.J. Dillon with a $50 or a $40 rookie ticket auto and silver prism auto is just like a no-brainer investment to me. Yeah, I am a little, you know, I I do like players that are in the hobby, right? So uh, Bobby Wood Jr., the baseball star, is like really huge into it. And he's like the number one prospect, not named Wanda Franco. And Wander's into it, right? And now you have A.J. Dillon, but Trevor Lawrence is also big into the hobby with signatures, his own cards and all that stuff. So I, I like seeing that. I think that's only good things obviously Peyton Manning was at the mint collective and all that good stuff so I like that I I like the AJ Dillon play I'm gonna give you a few QBs to keep an eye out for I understand that uh Trey Lance is in a better situation with the better coach and better pieces surrounding him and I understand Trevor Lawrence is you know the crown jewel and then Mac Jones he was the most successful of the rookie quarterbacks in year one I'm still a believer in Justin Fields for a few reasons, Andy. The first thing is, I don't know how I feel about the NFC North, right? The Packers have been elite for so long. There's got to be some sort of aggression knowing that they lost, to me, you know, a wide receiver that was clearly the centerpiece of their offense. Not a big believer in what the Vikings have going for them, even though, you know, they do have a new coach. Um, And then the Lions are the Lions. Look, are the Bears in rebuild mode? Yes. Do they have the worst roster in that division? Yes. But keep in mind the Chicago market. Mm. They've never had a star quarterback. I know they had McMahon, uh, but McMahon was like the third or fourth best player on that team, right? The Bears have never had a superstar market in an absolutely ridiculous professional sports city in Chicago. No doubt a top five sports city. And 
if Justin Fields is a star, he immediately becomes the biggest star in Chicago. Top five market size. I just see huge potential with a dual threat quarterback and a non-Matt Nagy play caller. So I just think that there's so much hype. There's so much upside. We're, we're looking at rookie ticket autos right now. And I understand that we've said during this episode to, to fade uh, buying, you know, the new shiny thing, but those prices just don't make sense to me. I don't, I don't think Justin Fields is that far off of Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. In fact, Andy, I think he's better. I do. So uh, I, I love Justin Fields. Tyler Huntley, I still love it, right? Zig when everyone else is zagging. We've seen him play well. He doesn't have many autographed products. Basically, just the NFL rookie ticket auto. It's very simple, right? It's not. There's not as much variance with that. It's a little bit easier to uh, say, okay, I want to. I want a Tyler Huntley card. Which auto should I get? Rookie ticket auto. That's the only one you can find really of him in a professional uh, uniform. So those two quarterbacks, I, I find very interesting. I'm also interested in looking into. You know, a few wide receivers that have hit new destinations. Marquez Valdez Scandling, Scandling is someone uh, going to Kansas City that I find to be very interesting. I felt like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay locked in a little too much on Devontae Adams, where with Kansas City, everybody's going to eat. Uh, so those are just a few players I'm looking at right now, um, Andy. But as you know personally, uh, I am looking to grow two players. My Drew Brees collection and my Peyton Manning collection – Kind of a long-term thing. I'm not in any rush getting any certain one card. So that's where some of my money is is going right now. So those are my plays as far as current guys are concerned. Where's where's the honey badger, man? What's going on with him? I I, I so I just picked up another one. Uh PSA 10 white sparkle mosaic from last year in his Chiefs uniform. And I honestly thought we would have known by now where he's actually gonna go. We still don't know. So what I did last week, Andy, was, you know, I'm going on a bunch of trips. I'm going to England here in a few weeks. Uh, as you grow with your PC, you do start to, uh, you know, whittle down your collection, right? What are some cards that I absolutely don't have to have? So, like, I'm I'm selling, you know, some of them, and I'm putting some of them up for, like, like 99-cent auctions. Like this one, this one's out of, like uh, – like 500 it is a rookie auto but it's a sticker auto do i want to keep the card yes it's at the end of the world though for me to sell it and you know take advantage of this small little hype cycle for them i once again it's one of the few that i'm selling i should be selling more actually but uh but yeah andy I, i'm still looking to buy honey badger as always that's my pc baby yeah absolutely man well, and, and I, there's, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a uh, big PC guy. I have a few LSU players now. Russell Gage has become a new one of those guys for me. I, like I just the more the more I research on Russell Gage, the more I look at the Tom Brady effect on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm getting really excited for Russell Gage to have some big spike games uh, early in the season, and, and of course Lombardi Lenny. Uh, right there for for Brady to hand the ball off to or dump it off. Uh, man, I'm I'm excited about some of those yellow LSU guys on on Tampa Bay. So make sure you give this podcast five star reviews, subscribe, ring the bell, and until next time, baby. Peace, peace. I have my my uh, hype index charts for.
uh, running back, wide receivers, and tight ends done, so we could do those over the next few weeks too. Yeah, 